coming from the background I come from, you see, I just want everyone to kind of have a why to why they're doing things. Like, I just, I, I don't want, obviously some people, everyone's why is different. You can never really judge people's why. They oh, your why is, you know, it's whack. Like, you're just doing it for the wrong reasons. But that reason for them might be everything. So I think my cause is always to try and like, help people find their why regardless of what it is. Welcome to the Athlete EQ Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Searcy, and today I'm speaking with Ed Lucas, shooting guard for the London Lions and the Angola national team. In this episode, which is divided into two parts, Ed speaks about the best and worst parts of being a pro athlete and the responsibility that comes with influence and inspiration for the next generation. Ed recalls the inspiration of one Isaiah Thomas following family hardship and how those in his basketball journey have become a second family to him. Just to, to get it started, and I just wanted to say thank you very much for taking the time to sit down and have a chat with me. I really appreciate it. No, thank you for having me on. It's a, it's a good opportunity to talk about a subject that not other people yeah, really that I yeah. talk about or think about or even know about, I think. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. So I just, I, I don't want to jump right in. I kind of, I always try and kind of start off with something a little bit silly. So like, what's on, what are you listening to on repeat? Is it a song? Is it a podcast? What are you, what's in your, what's that little thing that you're listening to on repeat right now? Uh, honestly, right now, a lot of Netflix uh, series. Honestly, sometimes I just kind of have it on for background noise. Okay. I don't really watch TV, but other than that, I like to kind of go on YouTube and I listen to like chill hop. It's like just a, a live stream of like instrumental music with no okay. lyrics. It's just like kind of that nice relaxing study music, even though I'm not really studying anything. I just kind of like put it on and it just helps me just kind of get into my thoughts and kind of just think things through, just calm, you know, slow the heart rate down a bit and just take everything in as yeah. much as I can and just you know reevaluate certain situations that I've probably been in the past kind of see how I could have dealt with things differently and just try and learn from those experiences and just like if they were to happen again just how I'd react differently cool yeah I get I totally get that I I do a little bit of the same I like to put so this is going to sound strange because everybody judges it as something weird it's like Highlands music not like bagpipes Highlands music but like mm. the flute and piano and stuff like I, I I mean I'll put that on the background noise and that's what I just you know read and chill to it's like yeah. something to just kind of set a atmosphere so i told i totally get that yeah it's it's just your mind needs it sometimes yeah. really do. Like, as much as i love like peace and quiet sometimes just put on that little music i don't know i guess you kind of peace and quiet but kind of creative at the same yes. time it's weird, it's weird totally agree during normal times like when we're not in the middle of a pandemic which we'll talk a little bit about later what's a normal morning routine for you obviously i was uh, playing with my team so i'll literally just wake up have a quick breakfast and make my way to practice literally um okay and that's what it is and i get to the weight room like kind of like early bit like an hour before practice starts get a quick lift in and then uh just go go to the court chill wait for my teammates to come in sometimes they roll in super late and i'm just like oh, dude i just want to get this practice uh, started so we can go home man. but yeah, yeah just that's pretty much it my morning routine was always like just try to get to the weight room early get a quick lift i don't have to lift after practice and then just get my shots up a little bit uh before practice make my teammates get practice over and done with and just ooh, dash home real quick <laughs> yeah not one was, to hang about and... no nah, not really i mean there, there was some days obviously because um one of my 
good friends, Justin Robertson, was on the team. And I always like to kind of sit and just pick his brain, talk about just basketball stuff and just life off the court because uh, he's like a family man now. He's got two kids and one more on the way. I don't know. It was actually supposed to be a couple of days ago. Maybe she gave birth. But just kind of ask him questions about, you know, like living with someone. Cause I just got married recently as well. Okay. So we kind of get into deep combos. And that's the only times I really kind of stay back behind practice. Other than that, obviously, I've got another teammate there, Jules. But we're, we're deep, but not as deep as our, like me and Justin are. So if it's not really like Justin kind of like hanging about after practice, I kind of just go straight home. And that's about it. To be fair, I'm not, not trying to spend any more time than I need to sometimes. Okay. Kind of sounds like a keeping, kind of keeping your personal life separate from your professional life. Yeah, I, I, I try to, uh, okay. to do that as much as possible sometimes. Obviously, some guys know me more personally than others because just we grew up together. But, you know, it's so, I feel like sometimes that's always best because it doesn't open doors for any form of disrespect or, you know, people to use your personal life against you. Say if it's like in terms of performance, if you're having a bad day, sometimes some coaches or even teammates, they like to kind of like be like, oh, you know, they, they pinpoint maybe like a some sort of trial tribulation you're going through in your personal life and be like, oh, that's why you did it. That's uh, why okay. that. So I like to just kind of keep that separate, so no yeah. one can ever like you know type me that way because then that goes beyond basketball and uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, don't try to you know hang around in those realms of people's personal lives. So I like, like to keep things separate. Yeah, and I imagine it keeps a, a certain level of privacy just in general with your personal life, even like even with fans or with you know people associated with the team and whatever. It's just it keeps a certain level of I don't know quite what the right word is but just in your private life of like it's not out there for yeah, yeah. the whole world to you know tweet or instagram about yeah that, that i think you know in comparing like american sports to i mean sports like culture to like the british one it's a lot more private obviously over here and even though you know the american sports is a lot better and stuff i kind of prefer the privacy because like yeah you know no one's in your business, no one's in your DMs, like fans tweeting some stupidness. And then as an athlete, you know, people forget you're a human too. Yes. Um, you're going to have your emotions, you're going to react. And then, but they always expect you to react the, you know, right way. And yeah. really, truly, what is the right way? If you're a human and you, you feel, you know, strongly about a certain topic and you react, you, you, you get like literally crucified just because you're an athlete. <laughs> and uh, I feel like that's a bit unfair but at the same time I get it because you're on such a platform that a lot of people like literally they worship almost your every move and it could just be like you could send like say like a, a kid down a spiraling path of destruction just off like a tweet that you make or a reply you give to a fan or you could just save a kid's life and just make them a, a better person a better character just off that but you know at the same time it's a lot of responsibility but yeah it's a tough it's a tough one to really is that the out, you know? best slash worst part of playing at professional level that level of responsibility uh i you know i, I kind of i think so you know sometimes you know people forget like i said you're you're a human going through your own stuff you know your own problems and whatnot and people just kind of expect you to be like perfect and a you know, not worry yeah a robot because everyone's always like oh you're not working they don't consider our job work they consider it just you know oh, you're running around in shorts putting a ball in a hoop and, and as much as you kind of you know you break it down you know i did like it is that but it's, it's more to it they don't see the hard work that we put in mm. the sacrifices that we've made to be in a position that we're in so you know it, it, that is a big big thing because you know you, you want to just live your life and have fun and everyone just thinks that all the fun just comes from playing the sport but you know you have a life outside of basketball too and you're more than an athlete you're more than a basketball player so you know you have your so, you know some people have their vices some people have like the good things and bad things that they they do but they, 
you know, it keeps them going. And, you know, a lot of people kind of like judge athletes real hard. Like, say, you just, like with me, like my old teammates, some old coaches, I like to, like, you know, drink milkshakes. I, I'm like, I got like a crazy sweet tooth. <laughs> and, like, you know, after games, a lot of people are like, oh, you need to be eating these types of food, these types of food, these types of foods. And if there's any nutritionists out there and they look at the things I eat after games, like, they're literally, the game is done. If I have any form of sweets, that's the perfect thing for me. I need to have ice cream after a game. I need to, like, just for, like, hours, I just need sweet stuff. Hmm. And everyone would always look at me like, what kind of athlete does this? You need to eat better. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I'm just like, man, like, it, get, it, it keeps me going. Like, everyone's different. Yeah. And I know, the thing is, I know that it's probably not the best of choices, but it works for me. And it's worked for so long. And, you know, I don't really see myself changing like that. But, you know, it's just, it's weird, right? Because, like, sometimes I speak to, like, the younger generation. And, you know, sometimes they, they ask questions that, you know, sometimes you think to yourself, should I tell you from the generic what an athlete should say to you like answer or do I tell you out of the true kind of grittiness of just how my life is or how life of other guys is like that I've spoken to and you know we're kind of stuck between that you know how like you know real can we be how what's that uh, politically correct can we be when we speak to certain people like and I feel like that's a big responsibility there's a lot of things that us as athletes we can't really feel like we can't really say even though it might be the truth but we have to really sugarcoat things and mm. not just you know just not what we say that's how we act and you know sometimes like I, I love to engage with fans especially after the game just because growing up like there's a lot of older guys that you know engage with me and I always want to give back and I, as a kid you know I had an experience with Chris Paul one time in a in a night town and just before the Olympics started in London cool and I, I was always like big big fan of his and I still am uh, in, ter- in terms of basketball but then um I ran into him in Nighttown and didn't have the best of experiences <laughs> and it really like it hurt me because you know I'm a kid I was like literally the only one in Nighttown who recognized who he was and I was looking around like can you guys not see who this is who like, that is do you yeah, not know was, who that is yeah literally I was like what like and he's just walking around here and no one's coming and asking for a picture of her for like the longest time so I'm thinking all right this is a perfect opportunity for me because no one knows and you know obviously I, I get it people might get bothered and whatever when there's like a lot of crowds around them so I was like you know on a humble kind of vibe I went out to him like hey Chris you know big fan I got a picture of you and he looked at me and he kissed his teeth he made like a face and looked away and I was like okay and then his mom was like oh come on Chris take a picture with the kid and I was like all right then he grabbed my, my arm pulled me in close had the biggest, cheesiest, fakest smile ever. Once the picture was taken, he just went back to like, all right, I get out of it kind of thing. I was like, wow, okay. And, you know, at the time, as a kid, you're kind of like, wow, like these guys, man, like, you know, just because you're a good basketball player doesn't really mean you have the greatest of characters. And that was my mindset, obviously, back then. And I didn't really think too deep into the whole what it is like to be a professional athlete until I actually became one. Mm. And I get his reaction, like, now, honestly, because, you know, even though just I was the only one who recognized him here, you know, imagine him back home in the States where he's just oh, walking yeah. around. There's no privacy at all. It's just everyone's just in your face. You'll see, yeah, you have security, but it's just, like, hordes of people running to you just picture, picture after picture, signing after signing. And although you know you're doing something good, it gets tiring. Like I said, you're only yeah. human. And those things, like, will get to you, especially, like, when you come all the way to London for the Olympics and you know no one really knows you and you're just with your family. You want to just walk around just being... Uh, you know somewhat nobody just you know enjoy your your time being a tourist 
and then you got someone running up to you asking for a picture still you kind of like even though it's just one person kind of brings back all those uh memories of the crowds and whatever so like now i really do understand why he might have been that way even though it might not have been the best reaction but i get it and yeah like even after my games here even when i started playing pressing in angola you know it, I was happy, you know, oh, wow, I'm getting this attention and people like me and blah, blah, blah. And then after a while, I was like, okay, same thing after every game, a whole bunch of people. And it's just like, wow, I need to go home. <laughs> like, literally, as soon as the game's done, team shout, oh, I'm running to the change room. And then it's that dreadful run from the change room into your car. <laughs> and people still stopping you. And it's, I literally, I sat in my car one time. I was like, yo, I'm not even playing in the highest leagues. And I'm getting like this attention. Imagine those guys. And I, literally, I sat there and I was like, Oh man, I'm sorry, Chris. I judged you. I, I was saying so many things about you. I even deleted the picture. That's how mad I was at the time. So now I have no proof except for this story that I met Chris Paul. But yeah, it's it's hard, man. Even though it's a it's a lovely profession to be in, there's a lot of things that you know you're not really considered a normal human. I think, and even though I feel like it's a bit unfair at times because you feel like you're almost being fake to yourself and other people, and people don't deserve that. But um, I don't know. It's just I don't feel like there's an athlete out there that is fully grasped how to be an like an athlete that people want them to be. Like this, I don't know. It's just. It sounds to me like you know you had you know what we in the coaching world or like when I talk perform like when I say coaching I mean like the mental aspect of the game. You had a you know you had a change in perspective around on what it's like to be an athlete through becoming one, and yet so many people don't get that because they never get to that, you know, they never get to that level. They never get to that place where they know what it's like to be bombarded by fans and to have, you know, people taking your picture or bothering you all the time. And it seems like it's a real and like cost of, to you as, to you as the athlete. Yeah, it's like like even though the fans they have like they have the right to do that because I I get it. People want to look up to people. They want to have that interaction with you. And I'm I'm most of the time I'm like really open to it, but it, they don't understand that it is still tiring for us mm. because like although yeah you know you do have the right. You paid for your ticket to be here. You know if you get you know you actually get to meet the fans, but you know it's a lot of mental load that we as athletes take sometimes when you know i'm not even like it's weird like because i'm not trying to sound like <laughs> like oh this is the hardest thing ever but you know it's fans coming to speak to you but at the same time it's like you know you almost feel like a zoo animal at times you're just there you know you entertain people and everyone's just always watching you <laughs> like everyone's just always just on your not on your case but like it's very voyeuristic like they're just constantly watching everything yeah every move and like even like my instagram back then was like a it was like I had a private page because it just got a lot and sometimes it would be random people making fake accounts of you using your name and doing a whole bunch of crazy stuff and I was like wow really this actually happens <laughs> like, and I was like couldn't believe it and you know it's just it's just strange like you know that's when like I said I don't, I don't like to leave room for people to even disrespect me or whatever even though like yeah you know I know it happens to athletes and the biggest athletes they know it happens to themselves so they just are beyond it already and you know they i don't know they just don't really care anymore but for me like i don't know it was just a strange world i stepped into i knew professional basketball had like it's like ups and downs it's pros and cons but i just didn't expect them to come at full 
force like the way it did for me like it wasn't like a, a subtle kind of like oh hey you're a professional basketball player and let's show you the ropes and then like guide walk through it was literally like sign your contract and bam like this got smacked in the face so it was all it was all a lot to take all at once just that yeah. kind of lifestyle you know, I, I, for the most part, I like to say it had a good effect on me, but they came with a lot of a lot of bads too. But, yeah, if that's yeah. the if that's the worst or the hardest part, what's the best part? Uh, the best part, obviously, like it sounds funny as well. Like it's just knowing that you can affect people's lives the way you, you can just by playing a sport. You know, like you can literally just because some kid is there watching your game, they could be the next like you know Michael Jordan just because they're inspired by the way you play. I'm not saying I'm Michael Jordan. You know, you could literally be creating the next best thing for the sport and sometimes um your story can inspire the next like you know if they actually you know get to know you on that certain level maybe like you know stuff like this where you speak about your own life experiences it kind of like it kicks into other people's heads and it kind of just gives them some sort of guide to how to like be and just a certain mentality to have if you want to become a professional athlete and you know just what it what it's like and even though like the good thing about you know, podcasts like this is that you might not know someone personally, but they feel like they can relate to you just because they hear your voice and, you know, they can just, you know, you can just help someone's life. I think that's the best thing about being an athlete that it's weird. It's like a, uh, uh, it's bittersweet because, you know, as much as we complain about, you know, the bombardment of fans and stuff, you know that it's doing some good and, you know, you don't want to stop that. You almost feel a bit selfish. That's why, like, even for me, I, it's weird, like, talking about how, like, yeah, you're bombarded, blah, blah. Because I love giving back regardless. And I know that's my main thing about being an athlete, just giving back. And cause people give back to me. But and I think it just comes with a balance. And I think once you find that balance, you, you'll be okay with, like, the fans coming to you and all that stuff. But I think the most, the best thing for me is just, like, giving back to the next generation. What's your big cause when it comes to giving back to the next generation? Well, it's just, you know, coming from the background I come from, obviously, I just want everyone to kind of have a why to why they're doing things. Like, mm. I just, I, I don't want, obviously, some people, everyone's why is different. You can never really judge people's why. Oh, your why is, you know, swack. Like, you're just doing it for the wrong reasons. But that reason for them might be everything. So I think my cause is just always to try and, like, Help people find their why, regardless of what it is, and help them just like be the best they can be. Not everyone's going to be a professional athlete, but sometimes I feel like through sport, you learn a lot of discipline, regardless how to just be throughout life. Like you know, you you deal with like different personalities as a team. You know, in a workplace, you deal with different personalities. You know, in school, different personalities. It just kind of teaches you to have some sort of like moral ethics of just hard work and just you know that you can carry on throughout your whole life on and off the court or whatever that's on the court you know on the pitch field whatever you want to call it but i think that's just my major cause just make sure people have like a why and and they just keep at it like you know have your why like my why was just always my my family and like my biggest why was my dad you know he he did you know as a kid you don't really see what they did but i like i felt like i had to grow up quite quickly once he became uh ill and i started like you know really just sitting down and just thinking about all the stuff he really did do for me that went unseen and i learned a lot more about him obviously once he passed away my mom came out of all the story and stuff and even to this day even though he's not here he's still my biggest why and my mom too obviously but it's weird i was closer i feel like i was closer to my mom because she was just the more vocal parent my dad was just more like just follow me kind of thing i don't have to really say much but I just, the respect I had for my dad and just uh, knowing what he's been through just to put us in the situation that we were in, like, you know, make sure everything's always good. Uh, you know, for me, that was really my why. I just wanted to give back to him and just make his his life and, you know, my future family's life good. And I just wanted to 
make it better. To me, that's my cause for everything. Just make your life better, make the people's life around you better. Just make sure people realize that it's not about you necessarily as an athlete. It's about everyone else. Mm. And yeah, I think I think that's that's the main thing. Because you know, everyone helps each other in life. And um, well, I like to think that everyone helps each other in life and wants to do that. Obviously, not everyone's on the same page, but I think as an athlete, it's always about just giving back. Like, because this game, this game, regardless of basketball, you know, football, whatever you want to do, it's for a short period of time. And I feel like if you, regardless of the level as well, if you get to be playing sports as a job or whatever, you don't realize how much good you can put into the world and you used to use your time wisely so if you're on that platform just make sure you're you're inspiring the next you know projecting good to other people and yeah i think like that that will that helps a lot of people honestly that's that's my cause for sport to be fair yeah that is i mean that's such an uh that's such an amazing such an amazing why like i i you know i felt like i felt emotional you telling that i was like that is that is an amazing why and it's so true and so authentic that's really it's a very powerful why Ed. that really is it's great yeah, it kept me going for a very long time and you know i i feel like there's a lot of things like i i, I have love for the sport but not the same love i once had before and i feel like obviously i was just doing it because i had to provide as well but I'm not to a point where I'm complaining that that was the case, but I feel like my why just drove me to just obviously keep going, regardless of if I love the sport or, or not. And all oh, that's taken like a crazy, crazy toll on my mental. I just, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's so, it's so weird. Like just being around something you don't necessarily love anymore like that, how you once loved it as a kid, you know, but just being around it because you don't want to let people down. Yeah. And that, you know, it, it, it makes it intensifies every everything you do afterwards. Like every missed shot feels like a dagger to you, like to you, like someone's just stabbing you. Like, and it's not that same feeling of, uh, you know, like just a missed shot go. But everything's just so much more serious that mm. you start critiquing everything you do so much harder, and you almost become like very unfair to yourself. And it drives you to points of literally insanity at times, man, because. You'd be watching your game tapes and you're just like cursing yourself out. Like, and you, you, the way you, you curse yourself out, you feel like it's doing yourself good, but it's actually planting little seeds of just negativity that whenever you're in that same situation, just repetitively missing that, that shot, you put yourself down even more. And it's like, you can never get out of that slump. And there's been times when I have been able to get out of the slump. I like literally just, just switch off from basketball. It's, and it's so strange. Like when, when I'm around basketball off the court, I feel like I make my performance on the court worse because I'm just always judging, always critiquing myself and not in the best of ways at times. But like once I kind of try to adopt more of a mentality, like one of my old teammates, Reggie Moore, would always tell me like, you have to have a short memory as a basketball player, man. Like, you know, your highs, your highs, your lows, your lows. Don't get too high, don't get too low and just literally forget everything you've done. Go home, just turn off. Like literally your like I said, you're more than an athlete. You don't need to be about basketball when you get home. You don't need to be watching game tapes. Leave that for when you go to work. And some people, you know, think otherwise and be like, oh, no, you have to be. Obviously, my brother likes to use this phrase, 24-hour athlete, which I understand, but to an extent where it's like you don't want to drown yourself in the things you're around every day sometimes. Or else, or else you, you have no peace, even though, like, some people find peace in the sport. I don't know. It's, yeah. It can be very destructive yeah. to yourself, <laughs> Yeah. It sounds. It sounds like you have a very strong. You know, in the coaching world, we use like inner critic or saboteur or whatever. 
And a lot of people use that voice as a, as a push to get better, to get better, to get better. You know, that's the first thing in your head to tell you, oh, if I had done this, I would have made that shot. Or if I had done that, I would have, you know, made that shot or I would have done this. Or if I had done this differently, this would have happened. And while it can be a voice that's constantly pushing you, it can be a voice that's also a really mean voice that tells you that you're just, you basically, you just suck. And yeah. you know, nobody needs that voice in their life. But the problem is, is it's like an integral part of your brain from evolutionary biology. So it never goes away. It's just a question yeah. of, you know, how loud the voice is. Yeah, and I, I feel like I've done a better job at tuning it out, but it, that's also taken some tools and other aspects of things. Sometimes now people will think I don't care, like when I'm playing, or they'll just feel like I'm not serious, or I don't know, it, it's, it's strange. Like, you can never, like I said, you can never be the perfect athlete to anyone anymore because your norms are different from everyone else's kind of thing. Everyone just always wants you to be super, just like, you know, have that voice always in your head, like, oh, you, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing that, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, sometimes, yeah, you do need to be doing these things. But like I said, it just comes with balance. Yeah, like uh, my teammate, Reggie Moore, like, honestly, he's been a pivotal person in my professional career. He helped me so much. Like, his attitude towards the game might not have been the best at times, but he was like, such an amazing athlete still is and like you know as a kid that was like my michael jordan up close he was literally like the best thing i've ever seen any the best player i've ever seen live so like every word that he said to me was gold man like he could have told me oh man you know uh, this the wildest thing that to me i'd be like, oh yeah 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 that's right i need to do that and it's like but it, even though it, it might not have any reasoning behind it and it might be something bad i would just be like oh yeah yeah let's do that yeah that's right i need to be like you <laughs> like, that's the power of influence yeah, for sure. Although he's a great guy, sometimes, man, we just go into stuff we just need, need to get into. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> and since there's a little mischievousness in your relationship <laughs> with Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that's my dude. But, you know, like, sports, <laughs> sports keeps you very, like, playful or just sometimes a bit dumb. Like, you just do silly, childlike things and it's like, you, you look back on it and you're like, ah, oh, I'm stupid. But, you know, it's memories made and you can laugh at those those mistakes you make, those stupid, like, just random night outs that you probably didn't have to have, like, just before practice or stuff like that. And, you know, I was, I was learning my way and I feel like, although there was times where I was just doing the wrong thing, it taught me, like, you know, okay, I'm not doing that thing ever again. Like, sometimes to learn and move forward, you have to make those kind of mistakes. And uh, yeah, that's what happened with me and Reggie, man. Literally, he was the, the, the best mentor, but the biggest test at the same time, <laughs> like as a as a rookie, especially in my first pro year. But, you know, I, I love the guy, like even with his problems, my problems, we, we, we're brothers at the end of the day, more than basketball. Yeah. Does basketball yeah. become like a second, do you find your family in basketball? Yeah. For sure, that my 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 best friends till this day are guys I uh, I played basketball with, and I'd literally be with them. It could be for like two, three hours just at practice on a Monday, Wednesday, and then Friday, and then obviously games on the weekend. And it wouldn't be much, you know, compared to like you know your school friends. You're seeing them every day. You're in form class together. You're you know studying together. Everything. You're just playing in the playground together, and you'd expect those people to be your best friends and carry on through life, whatever. But it's the sports guys, like because. Those are the the real bonds I think you make. Like you, li they literally see every emotion of you when you lose. You're crying, you win. You're happy, joyful, running around. You know, like you build a crazy bond. And I feel like I have like obviously uh, 
not with especially my immediate family like my parents and my brother but like my my aunts cousins and stuff i don't feel like our bonds are as close as to the guys i've just made you know friends with through through sports and you know in that that kind of like scenario like blood isn't thicker than water for me yeah like personally i i have a, a friend called kenneth uh that we've been He's my best friend, like, for the past, what, I might be forgotten years. Probably been, like, 12 years or whatever, you know? And he knows way more about me than my closest cousin, who's, like, literally a sister to me, knows. But it's, it's weird. I don't know. Th- those guys will forever be be in my life. And, and I'm thankful that sports has actually made me find people like that. Um, even though, like, not all of them have carried on. I think I'm the only one out of my friendship group who is still playing ball. Oh, except for one. He's a coach, but he plays ball on the side as well. But that actually made it professionally. I'm the only one. And even though we're not in, in the same field to work anymore, the respect is still there. I, I don't feel like I'm better than them. They don't feel like they're better than me. It's always just mutual. And that's what I feel like it's also helped keep me just like level-headed and just humble. The fact that, you know, I grew up with these guys and, you know, obviously not everyone makes it. And it makes me feel even more blessed at the opportunity I have. And I can't take it for granted because I knew guys who worked their asses off. and. Um, you know, they didn't make it, but they still got something out of it. And they helped me on my journey to be where I'm at. So I'm forever grateful for, for the family that basketball gave me, honestly. Uh, not just basketball. I have other friends that play other sports. And we all talk about, you know, just how it is, you know, like football players and whatever. And they're my family too, like regardless. But yeah, no, you know, sports it brings a, like the most weirdest relationships <laughs> into your life. Like you, sometimes, you know, you would never think you'd be friends with that um, kid from a completely different background, but sports brings people together like in, in such a beautiful way. Honestly. And I, don't know, I, feel, I feel like that's what every kid, every person needs to kind of experience. It helps you like tremendously with just like development of the social skills, just everything, like hard work, like I said before. Just. So who's the weirdest member of your you know, your sports family. And what I mean that, because you said like somebody from a completely different background, like who is like, if you saw the two of you together and they're like, they're best, they're good friends. You'd be like, no, that, how's that happen? Who's that person? Um, I would say it's actually like my best friend, Kenneth. <laughs> like uh, everyone was always kind of like, you, like you're right. It would say like, oh, Ed, you hanging out with this guy. And I'm like, yeah, it's my dude. Like this is, this is my boy, man. Like literally, like I'll do anything for him, like because you know he's he's from Burundi. He he has a bit of an accent still. Not I wouldn't. I don't even know what his accent is. To be fair, I've never heard an accent like that before in my life. And a lot of people, you know, would kind of like poke fun at it. And obviously, he's not the biggest, the muscliest guy. He doesn't have all the you know, the ripping abs, the bulging biceps or anything. He's like really skinny, man. Like literally, like you turn him sideways, he might disappear on you. <laughs> like. <laughs> And, you know, like, obviously, I, I'm like, we're the same height. About the same, Oh, I think I'm a bit taller than him now. But I'm a lot bigger than him and whatever. And obviously, at, growing up, I was considered one of the better or the best, like, player from my age group in, in England or the UK. And Kenneth wasn't really on the scene. Like, people knew him as my teammate. And, you know, it was kind of like that whole Batman, Robin kind of thing. And some people, you know, I, I was never one to just hang out with, you know, the supposed cool kids. Like, I, I was just always someone that just hung out with everyone. I, I had friends in every type of circle. But Kenneth, for me, was, um, like like you said, like the weirdest one that people would look at and literally be like, what? But because of that, I think people disrespected me more, too, just because the fact that I was just so open to everyone. Like, just, you know, I, I, had to, I had time for everyone. And I, I would never, like, just kind of, like, exclude people or just be like nah I don't want to be friends with you obviously if you're bad I don't want to be friends with you but I mean I just had the time of day for everyone to just speak to me and 
yeah, the, I think people were just a bit shocked by that relationship. But everyone's used to it now. Like people, when they see Kenneth, they're like, oh yeah, how's that? Because they just know, literally, like me and Kenneth for like two peas in a pod, man. Like that's my guy forever, man. I swear. It's, and he moved away to Canada now, and that's actually took its toll on me as well. That was like, even I can call him. Um, I used to just always be at his house. And before this whole pandemic thing started, on the way to like certain games, we'd actually drive by his house. I'd literally like look at his house. You know, them little slow mo uh, uh, moments in movies where you just like you put your hand on the, the on mirror the, glass. the window. He had the glass, and I'm just like, oh man, get it. <laughs> like, literally, just so emotional. Like, but yeah, no, nah, to this day, man, that he's actually been someone I can't lie. Even though he didn't carry on playing sports, he's given me a lot of human advice. Like, if that makes sense. Like, just, uh, it's weird. Like, Reggie would give me advice on how to be a ball player and kind of, like, take that outside off the court. But Kenneth would give me advice on how to be more like a human and take it onto the court in a way. So it wouldn't make my job as hard. It, that makes it was, sense. Yeah, it was it was very enlightening. And even though like we're the same age, that guy is wise beyond his years, man. And I feel like everyone needs that one friend. What's the best piece of advice he's ever given you? Honestly, it's been so much. I can't really pinpoint, but I'd say the best piece of advice would come, would be like relationship advice. To be fair, there's a lot of relationship advice he gave, but it was always about just, even though it's things that I knew, but it's just obviously always respecting your partner and just knowing that you know, life comes from them. <laughs> like basically like your partner is, is a life bearing person. Like they, they, even though you're like, you might be the man relationship, they are like your, your post that you lean on. Just make sure you're always leaning on them because at the end of the day, it's going to be you too and that kind of stuff. Like, you know, it, it was a lot of, a, a lot of relationship advice for him. Right. There'll be days I used to call him up, not necessarily crying, but just like complaining. <laughs> and then he was always the one that would just like, because he, he knows my wife. They're, they're very close to um, and he was just there every step of the way of uh, our relationship and he was like our biggest biggest fan man so he just always wanted everything to work out for me and her not saying that it was bad or anything like that but you know as a as a as a boy you want to speak to your boy sometimes about your your relationship just to kind of get some out outside like man advice and, yeah uh, you know and he was always the best one at giving that type of advice and just even family stuff like we come from similar backgrounds um hard-working parents you know just wanting the best for their families and yeah we we had a lot to talk about man honestly like he kept me very very grounded like and not saying that i was like in the clouds and like you know cocky or anything like that but you know he just always made sure i wouldn't get too high and i wouldn't get too low yeah uh, literally and and i I owe him a lot for for that to be fair yeah kenneth great guy very stand up to that so it sounds like words of wisdom find your kenneth yeah, find your you Kenneth. Know, find, your, find your Kenneth, find your Reggie. What other yeah. words of wisdom would you want to pass on to a young aspiring athlete? Um, there's a lot of them, but I'd say, you know, it's okay to not be okay and not be good. It's it, And that goes for both mentally and like the skill side of things. Sometimes it's hard to kind of have both at the same level. And I feel like a lot of kids, well, I did it. So I know a lot of kids do it too. Like, they, you know, they put that pressure on themselves. And, I, 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 you know, no one becomes great, like, overnight. And a lot of kids, they kind of give up really quickly, especially nowadays. As soon as they, they see that they can't do one thing, they don't they don't want to keep putting the work in. They, they just want people to kind of do it for them in a weird way. Like, it's, it's strange. That's what I've seen in the basketball scene nowadays compared to how I was growing up. Uh, I don't know the other guys, but I just tell them, like, you know, so you don't give up on yourself. And, it, like, it's okay to fail. Like, that, like failures are your best friends, man. Like, obviously, if it's not, like, you know, 
failures that you've done to yourself on purpose, like, you know, self-inflicted failures, no, but like literally just go through it, stay the course, fail and know that through that you're going to get to the other side and you're going to get better. That's where you're going to see what you can work on and, you know, just to, to not give up. But at the same time, not give up in the sense where, you know, if you fail, you give up straight away, but try. But then at the same time, there's nothing wrong with not playing ball. Like, it's, it's okay if you don't make it. It's okay if, you know, you don't go to the States on that scholarship. You can still be a great player elsewhere. You know, don't put all your eggs in, in one basket too, I'd say. I don't know, I, I need to write a book because there's so much like... I, I would read that book. <laughs> I would read that yeah, book. Yeah, I, there's, there's a lot of things that... I, I, I would say to a, a young athlete, but also it depends also what they come and ask me, but that that would be my main thing. Just be okay with yourself. Be okay knowing that failure is, is fine. Like that's the main thing, I think. Yeah. Whether, whether that's you're still playing and you're failing or you're not playing because you failed, like it's fine. Like it's okay. Yeah. I love that. The people so often look at failure and go, well, I failed. I'm not good enough. I can't make it. So I won't bother. Yeah. When, you know, if you have an attitude or, you know, a perception that failure is, you know, fail stands for first attempt in learning yeah. or for all yeah. I've learned, you know, that's an acronym. That's all fail is. But if you have that mentality, you know, failures can become the best things that ever happen to you. Yeah. You know. And I feel like although, you know, failing hurts and it hurts real bad at times, but you need it. Like there's there's no doubt about that. Like they say there's there's no uh you know, you wouldn't appreciate sunny days if there wasn't raining days. You wouldn't, you know, appreciate joy if you weren't sad before. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah. You you need to fail to to progress, I, I believe. You've been listening to the Athlete EQ podcast. Thanks for spending some time with us. Please make sure you take time to download and rate this episode and share it with someone. If you like what you heard, don't hesitate to go back and listen to our previous episodes. Please also subscribe for future episodes. For the next several weeks, we are running a contest to determine our Athlete EQ podcast superfans. To enter, download, rate, and comment on this episode. Then take a screenshot and email it to aeqpodcast.contestentry at gmail.com. Entries will be accepted until midnight on the 9th of July, 2020, and our three superfans will be notified at noon the following day. The superfan prizes to be awarded include a Lakers jersey from LeBron James, a signed basketball from podcast guest Justin Robinson, and a gift certificate from Nike. Good luck to all our listeners. Last but not least, we'd love to hear what you think. If you have some feedback for us, send us a message to aeqpodcast.feedback at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you in two weeks with another episode.